everybody welcome back to the upside swings draft podcast the podcast with the highest ceiling i'm your host bryce hendricks joined as always by stone hansen and ryan davis and the next in our series of guests lakers fast break uh on twitter gerald as he's known uh gerald how you doing i'm doing well guys how you doing appreciate you you're allowing me to be on the show today yeah i'm doing good uh we're very happy to have you on uh one of the best lakers guys i know uh stone how are you doing uh pretty good um i actually when i first started podcasting i think gerald was my first podcast so it's pretty cool how it's come full circle and now uh we're able to be on each other's podcast so i'm excited to have them on that's awesome davis how are you doing no i'm good uh enjoying the day off finally uh getting to to hop on some some podcasts and and talk uh, basketball with with some special guests, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we do have a very special guest, and we get to talk about uh, one of one of the one of the host teams here with uh, Stone and his Lakers. And Gerald's got the setup in the back. I see the two Kobe Bryant jerseys, and yeah. it's yeah. Uh, I've got two Kobe's uh, and Anthony Davis, uh, which I just got recently. Also got Shaq uh dennis rodman for his one year that he was here that was always a very colorful time and then one that has has my name on it so that's it is an excellent setup you got there much better than uh my my parents my parents downstairs um but this is exciting because the lakers are exciting uh it's hard it's hard to beat you know the biggest team in basketball the winningest team in basketball it's uh it's it's an exciting team to talk about, and and this year they have the twenty second pick, um, and they have some needs after a first round exit, dealing with some injuries. Um, I, I'm excited to hear both Gerald and Stone really dive into this. Gerald, I'm going to throw it to you first. What do you think are the biggest needs for the Lakers in this off season? Well, the first the biggest need is for the two individuals that are two of the five best players on the planet, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, to get healthy and to be healthy. And, and it always concerns me when LeBron James has said that the ankle injury that he suffered at the hands of Solomon Hill, who was coincidentally playing now for Atlanta, uh, you know, he, he has always said that it'll never heal, never heal. And I'm, I'm hoping that it will be proven wrong and that after a few months rest, they'll come out for next season healthy. That's obviously the first need. But again, there's, I, I know you're talking about positional needs, I think, uh, you know, for the show that I do, the Lakers fast break, I know that one thing that has constantly come up, I know Stone has mentioned it, also the guy, the great guys that I, I, I also host the shows with from Lakerholics.com. They always talk about a need for these, the, the starting lineup to be a little bit more effective, to have a little bit more punch behind AD and LeBron. And obviously that starts with the guard set because Dennis Schroeder and KCP just wasn't able to get it done this season. And then from the center position, they do need to upgrade that as well. Because I don't think Andre Drummond is a good fit in what we're trying to do, no matter what they try to tell you in Lakerland. For sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Stone. Uh, I was just totally going to agree with him there. I, I think um, <clears throat> I've mentioned before on Gerald's podcast, too, where I think guard is a huge area of need for us. Um, I mean, we have Shooter. You know, we have... 
Caruso, but Caruso is not really a playmaker, uh, offensively speaking. Um, and it, we have KCP, who it's also not relied upon in that role. Uh, <clears throat> so a lot really just just falls into LeBron's uh, burden to, to carry us there. Um, so I, I think having someone who can play make a bit, but also giving us some off the dribble equity would be really huge for us. Um, obviously, center is also another huge uh, hole we have to fill, but if Anthony Davis were to buy in fully, um, which who knows if that'll actually happen, that would, that would also be a huge boost for us because I think that's where he's most effective. Um, but yeah, building around those two is definitely a priority because we don't have a consistent um, supporting cast uh, at this point in time. Absolutely. Agree with that wholeheartedly. I will say that if, if there's, you know, a draft where having the 22nd pick could actually help you fill those types of holes, it is this one. Um, yeah. Whether it be a guard like you guys mentioned, or even there's a lot of wings who I think can immediately provide some sort of starting or bench value. Um, so are, are there any guys, Joe? I don't know. I, I'm not absolutely sure how much attention you pay to the draft uh, and the draft cycle with stuff going on right now, but are there any guys you think in this range that really catch your eye that you really want to see in, in the purple and gold? Well, earlier this week after the draft lottery, I was able to go ahead for Lakerholics.com, popculturecosmos.com, and the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Uh, they have a blog area. They asked me to go ahead and issue out a mock draft. So I put out my mock draft. And in that area, if, if you're thinking, first of all, we don't even know if the Lakers will keep that pick. I mean, they are still obligated to make the pick because of the Ted Stepping rule. But they're, you know, if they have an agreement, a verbal under the table type agreement with a certain in, you know, individual team or teams, if it's a you know, two or three team trade, they could make uh, you know, their way up in the draft or they could make their way for a play for an established player, which might help them more effectively now. If they do keep the pick, then they have to consider exactly who is available there that can help them now. Because the idea is you want to help now AD because of his health there's because there's a reason why ad signed the contract that he did and that's based on him knowing his own body and his limitations so you don't know how many more years of a healthy ad you're going to have and also most importantly you don't know how much of a prime lebron you're going to be able to have at this point because he is 36 he you know you don't know exactly how many years of the man that a good friend of ours uh, that stone knows uh, rafael barlow calls the cyborg uh, he, he's been very, very, you know, I guess a great uh, player. He's been one of the best, if not the best player for the past decade, but you don't know how much longer that window is going to last. So you've got a win now scenario with the Lakers. So looking at that, if you're going to keep that draft pick, you have to look at a lot of scenarios there at someone that is more established. You don't have time unless someone that really just gets your eye on the development plan. I mean, if there's someone, let's say like a Zaire Williams, who the Lakers must really be salivating over if he drops to that, that location, because that's right around the area that he's being looked at right there. Or do you go to a more established player, which is what most teams, most mock drafts, I know Stone, myself, we've been looking more for the Lakers, if they are to pick in that location and they keep the pick, would be someone of a more established nature, I know one of the names that that has popped up is Chris Duarte from Oregon, six foot six guard slash forward, uh, a little older, 
actually a lot older, especially when you're concerned with the NBA draft. But again, a guy who can who can play now, who could be in your rotation now and help the team win games now, as opposed to someone that is going to take a while to develop. Yeah, um, I'm definitely of the belief. Um, we, we actually had a podcast, too, with uh, Evan Tamir about the, the Warriors and how they should approach the draft, how they're also in this situation where they have a generational offensive player. Uh, and when you have that, you want to maximize your championship window as much as possible. Um, and if that means passing on to somebody who might be two, three years down the road, a better player than someone that you pick for this coming year, uh, then that might have to be the case just because uh, you're on a limited time frame in terms of um, how big your window and even more so for the Lakers, I think, than the Warriors at this point uh, because of LeBron's age. Um, so, yeah, I, th there's a few different directions. We can throw names out here in a second, but I think um, that definitely is if the, if the Lakers keep the pick, um, I think that's the direction they should and probably will look towards. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, but you're speaking about throwing out names and, and Chris Duarte is the one who's going to be really popular mm -hmm. at the range, um, especially considering it's, it's very unlikely like a Corey Kispert will fall this far. Um, but the one guy, and, and I'll end up bringing him up a ton because I'm very high on him, but he's consistently mocked around this area. Should I guess? Should I guess? Y yes, Stone. Go ahead and guess. <laughs> Trey Murphy. <laughs> no, no, actually, but oh, a different wow. Trey. A different Trey. Trey okay. Mann. Um, Even better. Trey Mann, to me, is is sort of yeah. – like, he to me, he's the ideal, like, Lakers pick here. If he falls to 22, which isn't absurd, I, I – think he might go higher but you know this draft from like 12 on is super flat well he um, could be more available now because he didn't test out well as far as his measurements as well as people were hoping to at the combine yeah yeah for sure and i just think that the lakers could really get a steal here with, with the Trey man because he sort of fills that that guard role you need where he can you know he's an excellent pick and roll player i think he was 89th percentile in pick and roll plus passes in the country. Um, and then that elite pull-up shooting is just a weapon that no one on the Lakers has right now. Uh, you know, LeBron likes mm -hmm. to do those little weird look at the ball, step back shots, but uh, you know, that's not, that's not the same level as, uh, as Trey man, um, you know, still a while to, a, a ways to go defensively, not all the way there as a playmaker, but I mean, he'd be playing next to the greatest playmaker in NBA history. And, you know, with one of the best defensive players of the past 20 years right behind him. So he, he would have some good cushion there that you could really focus in on the strengths. Uh, you know, Trey Murphy's the guy who could fit here too. But for Trey Mann, uh, Gerald, do you have any Trey Mann thoughts and, and how he could fit here with the Lakers? Shooting-wise, if he has the same – if the numbers translate, okay, and obviously this is a speculation game that we all do each and every year when it concerns will his shot – that looks good in college, transfer over into the NBA. This is a guy who has a shot that looks good. I've seen a stroke. It, it Obviously, the numbers back that up as far as being a very solid shooter. You are concerned, though, of that he didn't measure out as far as what you thought he was going to in the measurements. So that's always a little bit of a concern. But then again, like you said, uh, having LeBron James and Anthony Davis in, in the lineup 
covers up for a lot of those blemishes that the Lakers have had over the past couple of years, even when they won their championship. I think Stone would attest, and he said this on the show, that the Lakers still, even that time, had some you know, little bit of weaknesses here or there, but they were able to go ahead because you had two healthy players that are in the top five, top 10, whatever you want to say in the NBA, they were able to cover up for it. Trey Mann, the thing is, can he do those things for you as far as play solid defense? Obviously, that has to be given with Frank Vogel. Can he go ahead and create his own shot or create shots for others? Or, and also, can he play off the ball and shoot well off the ball? You mentioned statistically, there's a possibility that he, he will be able to in the NBA. So those issues are things that look good on paper and may translate well in the NBA. So yeah, he could be someone that, that the Lakers could be looking at if he falls that low. But I've seen him everywhere. He's, a, he's one of those individuals that, and Stone has seen this as well. We've heard different shows. We've seen different mock drafts all over the place. He's gone anywhere from the high teens to even in the second round right now on everybody's mock drafts. So I, I'm still waiting and seeing where he might be positioned as we get close to the draft. But still, I think he could be a name that you definitely want to toss out because that shooting is something that you don't uh, don't want to definitely uh, pass up on if you have a chance to go ahead and get it. Same thing with Duarte. I mean, that's the reason why that that I think a lot of people are you know, targeting Duarte in our mock drafts for the Los Angeles Lakers because he's such a great sharpshooter and can help you right away. Yeah, um, but with Trey Man too, I think, at least if you were to fall to this range, I don't think there's many other prospects that would be around this range that could create his their shot as well as Trey Man could. Yeah. I think he's one of the better self-creators in this range. And that's what they need. Exactly. Yeah. When LeBron sits, the, the question becomes who can get their own shot or, or create for others. Uh, and they really don't have somebody who can consistently do that. Um, I mean, I know Kuzma's sort of been asked, but obviously um, efficiency in that role is a little bit of a problem. Uh, but I think Trey Mann's ability to create his own shot um, and his pull-up gravity, um, uh, like Bryce said, just one of the better pull-up shooters, um, in this class, I, I think would really be uh, a good fit and asset for the Lakers. Um, are there any names that you uh, wanted to throw out there, Davis? Um, I definitely like the the Trey Man um, there. He's he's been one of my my uh, targets when when I do mocks uh, for the Lakers. Um, I know. Stone isn't the biggest fan of him, but uh, or the guy I'm going to talk about. I know Stone isn't the uh, the biggest fan of him, but I do think he he fits well there, um, just because his shooting and he can self create, um, which is Cam Thomas. I know the defense is really bad, um, which is probably a, a a must when you pay for Vogel, um, but I think the shooting and then the and the self creating and even the the tough shot making um, can help out the Lakers quite a bit offensively. Well, that's the thing though, with Frank Vogel coaching, I mean, we saw with Ben McLemore, you will not stay on the floor if you can't play defense or if you become a, a hunted target on a regular basis, no matter how well you shoot the three, that's just something that they'll have to consider. I mean, maybe like a Seth Curry could stay on the floor under Frank Vogel's system right now with the Lakers. But if you don't shoot that well, you're you're going to be riding the pine a lot with the Lakers. So 
you have to go ahead and make sure that you're at least competent on the defensive end. How about another name like this? Uh, Io, the, the guy from Illinois, uh, uh, Io Dosunmu. Uh, yeah, he just, uh, to me, I've seen a lot of him on tape and he looks pretty impressive. Yeah, Dosunmu, um, really quick, I will get back to Cam Thomas before we move there. Um, with Cam Thomas, uh, I agree with Gerald where um, you do need some level of defense in order to, for Vogel to give you playing time. Uh, I mean, we saw Montrezl Harold not even really play in the playoffs, um, which uh, honestly is a good thing because I don't think he can play in the playoffs. Uh, Drummond, I think by default, got minutes, uh, even though he's not a good defender. Um, but I, I think with Cam Thomas, he I, I don't really like him in a vacuum, but I think with the Lakers, he does feel a, a great need of theirs in terms of scoring because I, I think once you get past uh, – like a lot of the guys in the top 10 cam Thomas becomes probably the best scorer in the, in, in that range. Like you're not going to really find somebody who can score. Um, I mean, I mentioned Trey man getting his own shot, but, but cam Thomas does it even heck of a lot better. Um, cam Thomas might not be a guy who playmates might not be a guy who defends, but I have zero concerns about his ability to score or shoot at the next level. Um, and obviously that's a, that's a huge need for the Lakers. Um, and maybe, you know, in the right context, that's something Vogel is willing to um, try and develop if he can get the right personnel to put around him to, to fill up and cover his flaws. Um, but but Desumu is another interesting player. Uh, someone I think I might be higher on uh, than Bryce and, and Davis, uh, just because I, I like his ability to play on or off ball. Um, as a bigger guard, he's a guy I think that can play make a bit, uh, but can also um, come off screens and, and shoot, uh, create, creates for himself a bit, but um, I think he's better off served uh, letting somebody else take over primary playmaking duties. Um, and also, I, I do think he's a really solid defender, at least at the point of attack, really good at sealing off opposing guards from getting into the paint. Um, so I like Desumu. Um if Trey Mann were here, I would have a really tough time passing up on him for Desumu, I think. But Desumu does offer a skill set that would fit well with the Lakers as well. Um, th there's a lot of guards sort of in this range that I think do fit um, certain Lakers needs. Jared Butler, it, I don't know his status on his health with his heart. I know that came out as yeah. far as testing is <laughs> concerned. So he's someone that may drop into the second round or undrafted due to those concerns. but. He is someone that, if he's available in that area, could be of consideration for the team as well. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting about a lot of these names, and you and you guys sort of mentioned like, um, like like getting played off the court in the playoffs. I think you're going to really struggle almost with no matter who you pick here to find a player that's going to contribute in the playoffs next season. Um, as as much as we like to talk about how great this draft is, it's just. I were there. I mean, it's hard to be a rookie and contribute in the playoffs, especially a rookie with the specific like parameters the the Lakers are looking for, which is kind of being a scoring guard, or 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 a or a spacing wing type player. Um, I think Duarte is maybe closest, but even he, I still think, I I I still think has some development needed on defense, um, and, and I think that could hurt him. 
So I think that's what that's what makes someone like a Cam Thomas really interesting here is he, he's probably not going to play much in the playoffs, but as like a regular season innings eater, like like he can give you help give you like a stable go to when LeBron is not on the floor early on, um, even if that's not going to be like even if he doesn't play a minute in the playoffs, that's still that's still a valuable player for right now, and that's not counting the potential to develop and. And maybe Cam Thomas can be a better defender. He he's he's physically capable as a defender. He just never likes to move from like th- like three steps. He has like a three step circle around him, and that's as far as he moves on defense. Um, but the Lakers are sort of in an interesting spot uh, with this pick. Um, and part of that is what you mentioned earlier, which is um, maybe a trade scenario. So. Gerald, I'll throw it back to you. Are, are there any? Do you think there's any situation that it makes sense to trade up, or to trade down, or or what are the specific type of players you'd be looking for if they were to trade out of this draft? Well, they just don't have enough assets, I think, to tr- to trade substantially up in the draft. That's that's the problem. I mean, they don't have any. They don't have a cachet of first round picks. They could go ahead and say, okay, we'll throw you a first a couple years down the line, along with this one, to go ahead and move up, let's say, ten spots or so. Uh, I mean, they have THT, who they will most likely resign once he's out there on a restricted agent. They'll match anybody that's going to go ahead and make an offer and, and go from there. I think they would try to go ahead and package deal the 22nd and maybe a THT or a Kuz who's taking the Lakers off his Instagram name. So you can tell he's already knows that he's on the block. Mm-hmm. So I would say that a package could be in store because, again, I like what you're thinking. They, who is going to be able as a rookie to contribute come crunch time, come playoff time. You need, I mean, the Lakers definitely need people in that starting lineup and in that first 10, that first 10 players that can go ahead and can contribute. I mean, you're seeing it now with the Clippers. They have people one through seven right now that are really big contributors for the team. Same thing goes for Phoenix. I mean, that's what the Lakers need. They need someone coming either off the bench or that can, play alongside in the starting lineup that can contribute now and in the playoffs right a, a rookie as a minutes eater during the regular season is great but when it comes down to it you're gonna and if you go five out against uh whoever you want i mean who are the who's that five gonna be i mean markeith morris i think that window is closing with him alex caruso we don't know if he's coming back well as soon as he gets out of jail in texas of course but uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Is he's got to have a better realization of where he can and where he cannot have the, the, the marijuana in which state, but need I digress <laughs> on that? Um, you know, we don't even know who the, the actual nucleus of the team 100% is going to be. So you have some limited assets. I would say utilize them. KCP's contract is something that you can use as a high dollar amount. If you want to go ahead and trade for maybe a Kyle Lowry or, something that in that nature and you would have to bundle the package uh you bundle the pick in that package i would believe yeah i, I think uh I, I keep going back to it but it was actually a really good conversation um with evan demir uh about the the warriors uh because they, they are in, in a lot of ways i think a similar situation with the lakers where they don't have a ton of assets on the margins to really improve and get a whole lot better but they need to in order to maximize their championship window. Um, and I think packaging the pick is going to get you more immediate value than actually selecting a, a player with that pick. 
So packaging it with a, a THT uh, or a Kuzma, um, if anybody even still wants them, I think could get you more value than, than if you were to select the player at number 22. Um, as much as I love the draft and I do love, it's really cool always to see teams build up through the draft and take young guys and watch them grow and develop. Um, just, just trying to maximize what you already have. I think um, when you're in the, the position that the Lakers are, I think should be the biggest priority. Um, in or, and in order to do that, I think they have to probably look at trying to trade the pick uh, to, to move out of this draft. I mean, you mentioned uh, in your own notes on the outline before Jay is what's the worst case scenario for the Lakers. I think making that pick is the worst case scenario for them. That's, that's yeah. really interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, we haven't even say, had that answer yet. That's it. Yeah, that's but that's, but that's, it that's, fair, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Lakers are at like, like next year is, I know LeBron is, is, is LeBron, you know, in my opinion, we don't need to get into this, the greatest player ever, all yada, yada. But at some point he has to age, right? Yep. Like he's 38. Coming I think we off, saw that already. Too. Yeah. The most injured season he's, he's yeah. ever had as a player. Uh, you have to try and win in these last couple years of LeBron James being one of the you know, five best players in the NBA, wherever you would rank him. You're right that a rookie, almost no matter which rookie you bring in, is not going to give you the value that you want within these next two years. Um, unless you really, really hit, and as much as we don't like to admit it, that takes a lot of luck uh, and and a lot of a lot of luck that I don't think the Lakers can bet on. Um, so that's really interesting as, as a worst-case scenario, just – just taking the pick, but it's completely understandable. Um, yeah, wow. Um, I mean, I, I was going to say, like, I, like, oh, if they take, like, Isaiah Jackson, that's probably bad. But, yeah, no, I guess it's, like, even if you take, like, my guy, you know. Because yeah. even Trey Mann, like, Trey Mann is, is, in my opinion, the best-case scenario pick here. Uh, even he is going to have some learning curves, specifically as a passer. Uh, there are going to be moments where – he kind of bogs down an offense because he wants to get into his stuff in a pick and roll and defensively he's, he's, he's still a little bit away. Um, that's yeah. So even he, your best case scenario is not someone who I think is going to help you in the playoffs next year, at least not in the, in the, once you get to the second, third and, and, and you know, hopefully last round of the playoffs. Um, yeah. So, so go ahead, Stone. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think also it's uh, tough because the Lakers have a clear needs on where they need to get better, but I don't think they have the assets to, to really do so. So I think, I mean, ultimately, for the most part, they're just going to have to run back the same roster, I think, which is not great, but I don't really see other outcomes in which you really improve upon what you had last year. Like, maybe you bring in a different veteran minimum guy, but how much does that really move the needle um, as opposed to the guys you already have? You know what I mean? Uh, there's just not a whole lot of, uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, options, I think, for them to really acquire what they need to, to move the needle as much as they might need to. Um, so it's a difficult situation, but I think 
Yeah, it, it's uh, it's going to be a telling off season, I think, too, for Rob Polinka is another interesting point to make because um, I think people look a lot of people seem to look at what he did this off season and maybe aren't too pleased with what he did with signing Andre Drummond and uh, other things. And I think um, it's going to be really telling to see what kind of moves he makes this off season. Um, yeah. It, and the other thing is how many guys are actually going to be on the market? Um, how much of a buyer's market will this off season be? Uh, so it, it, there's a lot to consider if you're the Lakers, I think. Um, but one question, I'm not sure how much you've, you've, how deep you've dove into this draft, Gerald, um, but is there any guys, um, because we're obviously, we're working with some massive contracts here, um, and to give us some more cap flexibility, it might be beneficial to see if you can find any undrafted free agents or, or second round picks that have uh, some of that non-guaranteed money um, to give you a little more cap flexibility. Is there any guys in that range that you've you've seen or looked at that might be able to help out immediately? Well, he's probably going back to school, but I already talked to you about this, uh, this guy. In fact, he has the famous last name already. Isaiah Mobley from USC, the brother of Evan Mobley, who I think has good size at 6'9". I think he measured, that's what he measured out to. Can go out to the three. It's got already an NBA body and can physically already impose himself and impose his will decent rebounder, a very good playmaker. I've seen him able to handle the ball. He proved himself in a tournament fashion, not during the regular season per se, because he let his little brother do that. But the way he played during the tournament really impressed me. I mean, you go up against Kansas and hit four straight threes on them. I mean, that's got to get everybody going ahead and say, you know what, this guy may be able to play at the next level. So he would be great to take a flyer on. I'm not even sure if he's even being projected in either two rounds, but I definitely think if he does decide to stay in, he'd be someone that the Lakers would love to, I'd love to for him for consider because one of the things that, and I stone, I know stone realizes as well as the two way players and the back end of the roster needs to be a priority on who you can fill out with that type of potential. Is it someone from Europe that's already established that you might want to bring over is it someone that has been bouncing around the league that you think might with the right opportunity can make it? Or do you think it's one of these guys that are coming into the draft that gets undrafted? I mean, you've got to look at better options than what the Lakers have been doing just because, you know, I, I, they had Devante Kaycock and Atentacumpo there. And neither of those two players are really going to go ahead and advance far in the league. I mean, you were just kidding yourself that you thought you were going to bring Atuntacumpo over because his brother was playing over on the Lakers. I mean, they were, it was just a, you have to fill those spots and you have to make it more important to put individuals that might be able to go ahead and give you a chance to play. I mean, we've seen it with the Clippers, their second round pick Terrence Mann, look at him and how well he's playing right now. Uh, it's just something that you have to go ahead and do. If you have to buy yourself into the second round and spend the extra two to $4 million to go ahead and do so or go ahead and go after those undrafted individuals. Maybe a Luke Garza falls out of the draft or gets close to the end of the draft and you could buy him as a big guy right there that can be able to spot the three. We don't know athletically if he'll be able to be at that level, but we'll wait and see. But again, there's, there's plenty of talent in this year's draft that I think can make it or can be a rotational player in the league. So you just got to go ahead and, and, and research it. But yes, I think the Lakers do need to make a, also a priority, not only on the front end of their rotation, but also on the back end as well. Yeah, well, and that's something you guys brought up, Rob Poinka. I feel like he's always sort of struggled with. I feel like even when you guys 
you know, you want you want a ring. It, it wasn't necessarily on the strength of the front office, right? It was sort of it was sort of an oddly constructed roster that just happened to have, like you said, two of the five best players in, in the entire world. Um, I know we were talking, I know Stone, one of the first conversations out to who is that going to be that third man? The third man in the year that they won it was their defense. It wasn't a, sing, a solitary singular individual. They, they were a mediocre three-point shooting team last year at best. This past season, they were horrible on the three-point area. So, I mean, the only way you can assume that how they won was obviously LeBron and AD, and they had a tremendous team defense behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, like like you mentioned, like a like like Costas Antetokounmpo is, and, and this is no disrespect to him, but he's not really an NBA player. He doesn't no. really do anything at the NBA level. Um, Devontae Kaycock, maybe, but even then, he's such an odd impossible fit with your roster that it hardly matters whether or not he's a six seven player that plays like a six eleven that that needs to be the six eleven yeah yeah and your roster doesn't necessarily have a have a spot for that right it's like you already have anthony davis who 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 doesn't want to play center so that's sort of that's sort of your big like traditional four um if they could really get a guy like someone who i'll continually bring up is matt mitchell like Matt Mitchell on a two-way makes a lot of sense for the for the Lakers because he's experienced, he shoots, he can dribble a little bit, and he can probably defend okay. You know, he's a big body. He doesn't make a ton of plays defensively, but you could stick him on, you know, like like an everyday wing in, in the NBA and, and feel okay about it. Um, so, like, someone like that or, you know, if someone like a, like a Mamu – you know, fall, falls undrafted. That makes some sense there. Um, you know, like a Eve like Pons. a yeah, Eve Pons. Um, like EJ. EJ yeah, yeah, EJ Onu would make would be fascinating. Um, <laughs> and, and even this is even kind of getting back to the twenty second pick, but like like a Jeremiah Robinson Earl, like he's someone I'm much lower on, but two the Lakers at twenty two. One I know it would make my boy Stone really happy. But two, like, he makes a lot of sense there because he's mm-hmm. he's smart. He plays good defense, and I think he can shoot. He he might he might not be a great shooter early, but I think he can shoot. There's a lot of guys that that the Lakers really need to take advantage of to build this back into the roster. Whether it be they're in this draft or you know, there's some guys who who you know I'm super into the G League who I think could could make a huge difference for them that they haven't really targeted but this is this is a really big offseason for them it'll be really fascinating to see uh to see where they go with this stuff again like i said earlier ad and lebron cover up a lot of mistakes but as they get older you need to go ahead and stop having them cover up all those mistakes and try to cover up from yourself with better players and a better talent evaluation going forward yeah exactly and that's definitely and that's sort of like that this this year is going to be the test like like Rob Plinka has not had to has not been put under this much pressure yet in his in his tenure as a GM um so so it'll be really interesting to see uh how he handles this um Stone is there is there anything else you want to hit on um I I think we've pretty much covered all angles um for for me at least was there anything else for you Gerald 
No, you guys have been tremendous. I, I just appreciate again being on the program. I, I love talking Lakers, love talking the NBA and the NBA draft. And I cannot, uh, I cannot wait to see how it all, you know, goes out and I will go ahead and keep up mock, you know, updating my mock draft. Like you stone is going to change by the week. I know there's measurements of the five and fives at the draft combine or, or they're happening this week or they already happened this week. And, uh, Definitely going to look into seeing who did well. I got actually the queued up on my laptop over here. So I'm interested to see how that will affect my mock draft going forward. But again, listening to you guys on your show each and every time out, plus all the other stuff that's out there. It's so interesting to see the diverse opinions after the first six players in this draft. It just seemingly there's mm -hmm. just no end to the diversity among everybody's thoughts and opinions on how this draft will fall out. And there's even and there's even guys like Stone and I who, who even have some craziness within that top five. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that's uh, that's so fun. Yeah, this has been this has been awesome. Uh, Gerald, just just let the people know uh, where everything you do, where they can find you, you know, take up as much time as you need. Just just plug yourself to your heart's content. This is this has been awesome. We thank you so much again. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, anytime you guys need me to come back on, uh, believe me, I'm, I'm there. Just let me know. For me, myself, uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter at Lakers Fast Break, I host the Lakers Fast Break two to three episodes a week covering the Los Angeles Lakers, NBA, and of course, as Stone, who's been my guest many times, the NBA draft. I just love the whole facets of the NBA. I don't just talk the Lakers, I also talk about the whole scheme of the NBA as we give you just as far as NBA playoff updates and all that. I also host every Monday and Friday, I drop new episodes uh, covering the latest news and trends in pop culture called the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's also heard on 50 radio stations worldwide. So if you want to hear the latest news going on for one hour, family friendly, talking about the latest news and trends of pop culture, whether it's Marvel, whether it's streaming, whether it's television, whether it's wrestling, whether it's a lot of anything that's trending in the news in, in, world, in the world of pop culture, Go ahead and check it out. It's Pop Culture Cosmos. And again, it's available on Radio Worldwide and wherever you get your podcast. Actually, the Lakers Fast Break as well. Of course. Yeah, this has been awesome. Uh, Stone is uh, at report underscore court on Twitter. Uh, Davis is at sports by Davis. I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Uh, this has been excellent. We're going to thank Gerald again. And we're going to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.